Hey, my name is Justin Sinceri. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Welcome to the Polyvagal Podcast. If this is your first episode, I highly recommend either before you listen to this or right after, listen to episodes one through nine. If the polyvagal theory is brand new to you, a lot of this might not make sense. So go to episodes one through at least one through four to really get a, a firmer grasp on what I'm talking about here. This is taken from an Instagram live that I did. So you're going to hear me read and respond to comments from my audience. In this segment, I, I do not recommend how you should feel about this, what you should do about this. I'm going to leave that entirely up to you, your loved ones, doctor, governor, whoever it is. There's no specific recommendations on what you should be doing. That is entirely between you and your providers and your loved ones, okay? First off, just kind of checking with yourself, but also like what are we seeing with people? When it comes to this coronavirus when it comes to the pandemic that, and I don't know how it is in your area, over here, it definitely hit us. Can you run away from it? If you can't run away from it, can you fight it? And if you can't fight it, what other option is there but shutdown, right? Now, I'm not saying you are doing these things, but that's the sequence of events. That's the polyvagal sequence of events. If we can't be safe, or if we can't say, stay in our safe and social system, and part of that is being safe, actually safe, if we can't do that, we drop down into our flight, mobilization. If we can't run away from it, we drop down into fight, mobilization. And if we can't fight, then we drop down into shutdown. So that's, the, that's the, uh, the sequence of events. But at the same time, if we are very mobily, mobily, if we're very mobile, if we're very charged up, if our engine's going, we're super anxious or super angry, but we also perceive that our life is in threat, or neurocepitus in threat, or we're forced to immobilize, then that energy gets stuck inside of us, right? And that's more of a panicky kind of thing. So that's just some pieces of kind of what I want to go into is can you run away from it? Can you fight it? Or is there, or do you actually have a perception that your life is in threat and uh, maybe go into more of a shutdown place? The flight energy is there in order to survive. If we cannot escape or if if the energy can't use, like get used up, does that make sense? The, it might turn into anxiety. Anxiety is the secondary. It's the feeling of the flight energy on a more of a day-to-day basis. Like if, there, if we don't, we don't really drop down into like fight energy, but we stay in that sort of flight place, day-to-day it turns into like anxiety. All right. And same thing with the fight energy, day-to-day it turns into more of like an anger not really rage, but more of an anger sort of energy. And then if you can't do either of them, you go into that shutdown place, like I said, and day to day, it feels like there's no point in trying or hope is lost. Okay. And then when you are highly charged, but also shut down, that is called the freeze, but it's more day to day. It's more like panic. It's going to feel more like panic. And I think it also feel like rage. I think that panic is definitely applicable is I think that panic is very much applicable to our situation that we're in right now, where I think there's a high level of charge, but we can't exactly run away from it and we can't really fight it. You can't exactly shut down either. I mean, you can definitely go there, but I think that it's this combination for a lot of people of being supercharged up, but also kind of perceiving like my life is in danger. And that's going to result in this sort of like panicky freeze energy. Shutdown is freeze. No, no, shutdown and freeze are, are distinct things. Uh, we use, I use shutdown in polyvagal terms. Shutdown is the bottom of the polyvagal ladder. 
and that is where you is more of a collapsed death painting kind of thing and freeze is this tense it's also immobilized but it's very tense so muscles are tense but immobile immobile and then shut down that's freeze shut down is immobilized but more of a limp um sort of look to it like a like a not consciously but faking death just not consciously like a plain possum kind of thing so that those are some pieces of of what's important here. i'm gonna read a couple comments here so so i can catch up hard to fight or flight an unseen virus right hence pent-up energy needing to be released and not sure where to send that energy absolutely so what we do i'm glad you said that we um we that energy is there and our brains like the brain feels the state shift and it's like it's trying to put together uh like why what where is the danger and how can i get out of this situation and for some reason the answer is toilet paper i i don't I don't quite get it. I don't quite get the toilet paper thing. I'm assuming that people are expecting to like be in the house for a long time. But for some reason, the answer that we come up with is I better stock up on toilet paper and run to the store. And like, that's the thing is toilet paper and paper towels. Like when I went to Safeway, that was all gone at Target, all gone. But uh, the food was still there. It was um, at least that was my experience of it. And I went to, uh, where else? A couple of the stores and they were saying like, yeah, people just ran in here and, and took all the toilet paper. <laughs> but it's like, there is a danger out there. I get that. They're, like, that's real. I'm not, I'm not minimizing people's experiences. There is a danger out there. And I think especially if you have an autoimmune disorder and they're saying that elderly people, uh, people with breathing complications, like there's more of a danger. So it's real. I'm not, um, I'm not minimizing that whatsoever. But from what I'm seeing, and I don't know people's history. I don't know people's medical issues just on site. But, you know, like there's there's that next level of people are acting not, I think, I'm assuming, people are acting out of their anxiety. Their, 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 but not really anxiety. It's like anxiety plus fear, fear of death, really. So that's more of this panicky kind of a flavor to it. And I think when you are like ransacking the store and grabbing stuff, um, there's definitely this kind of a panicky flavor. So... In my house, we go shopping every single weekend, just normal routine, every Saturday morning, Sunday morning. Um, usually, I'll go out and just buy stuff and, and come back home, right? So, we did our, our Friday night, we were hanging out with some friends, and my wife was looking at um, news. She's been following this. She's she's in the medical field. She's been following this. And she's like, people are posting pictures of our local area of what it looks like in Safeway or at Target, and the shelves are like getting pretty empty. At this point, like, I'm good. Like, I know I'm not in a panicky place. I'm not feeling super anxious about it either. I'm washing my hands like I'm doing the appropriate things, right? But everyone else is panicking. So that kind of brought my anxiety up a little bit. Enough to where I'm like, I better act on this. All right, fine. I'll go out and like, you know, get what I can. And so I went out and uh, all the toilet paper was gone. But hey, they're from Scotland. All the toilet paper was gone. But um, I got some tissue paper. You know what I mean? I got uh, I got what I could. I went to another store Saturday morning at Safeway, and they were restock. As they're restocking, people were taking stuff down, so they, they were limiting people to two things. So I got some toilet paper, but it was like I felt my anxiety go up as as resources are disappearing. I'm like, oh shoot, this is pretty dang real here. Not just the the actual virus, and I get that, but like people are seriously freaking out. And um, so that obviously 
are my resources, my my access to resources is being rapidly taken away. And we happen to need toilet paper anyways. Like it was time for us to go shopping and my wife was saying like, hey, we're getting kind of low. And I'm like, no, we have some up in the you know linen closet. And she goes, no, no, we're almost out. <laughs> so it was like, we're almost out. Plus the availability of it's almost gone. Like my anxiety went way up. So I think when we get anxious, that's a cue potentially. That's potentially a cue to go solve the problem. I knew my problem, which was my resource is about to be completely depleted. I better go out and get my resource. But, you know, so I, so I go and solve the problem. Now, what happens is when you we get to a more flight fight place, our critical thinking gets compromised. The ability to think critically and to solve the problem and get creative is kind of compromised. So when I saw, went and saw that all the toilet paper was gone, instead of getting frustrated and yelling at the clerk, I just thought to myself, oh, you know, I'll just, I'll use something else. So I went to get toilet paper, right? And I was noticing when I was there that, um, it's just something I noticed, I guess. I'm like going through it and I'm picking out what I wanted. And I'm like, things are bad. There's definitely a panic here. But I have a lot of options as far as like how to wipe my butt still. I'm sorry to put it that way, but like I still, I could have picked scented. I could have picked super soft. I could have picked, like there was all these options and I'm like, you know, so that was just a way for me to like ground myself and remind myself, yeah, there's some real anxious stuff happening. But the fact that I can choose how to wipe myself, like, you know, I'm doing okay. And even in that place didn't work out, I'll go to the next place. But I was able to get, I was able to be in the moment enough to notice and appreciate that I still have options. And I also had Amazon. Not everyone does, I know. But we had Amazon, and Amazon has been backed up. And my, my wife was checking it, and she was able to buy some. It's arriving tomorrow, I think. But uh, there was Amazon. There's other stores. Um, there was still avenues. I was able to still see, well, if this doesn't work out, I can go this direction, this direction, this direction. And I know not everyone has the same options. I get that. The point is, if you're able to stay in your safety system enough, you can get creative with what that looks like and, and how to handle that situation. We, it's really important, obviously, to stay in your safe, safety system. Of course, it always is important. It's not something new. But uh, there, there's people out there who are at a very high level of anxiety and panic and that are making decisions based on that. Now, some precautions, of course, are going to be normal and good. Washing your hands, good idea. For if, you're, if you're at a higher level of risk, you, of course, some precautions and some activity are going to be great. Fantastic. Like, no, no problem there. But running out and like grabbing all this toilet paper. It's, I don't know. I don't know how much of that is based on, and this is my assumption. I don't know how much of that is based on actual precautionary need, or is that based on panic? And then, and then connecting that to toilet paper. And like, it was really fascinating that it was that stuff, but the food was still there. Like I noticed that like the first wave of panic was the food was still there. You know what I mean? Just something I noticed. Um, and the, our ability to make decisions and see clearly gets severely, severely compromised. I'm going to read a couple of comments here and, and ca- catch up. Herd mentality. Yeah, and I got caught up in that. Absolutely herd mentality. It's like, that's why I don't go to uh, Black Friday stuff. Like, it's just, it's crazy. But I can recognize I definitely got caught up in that that herd mentality and of like... The resource is almost gone. Like, you, you know, I felt like very mobilized, you know. Example of the masses following along, whether it makes any sense. Yeah. Weeks ago, somewhere, the toilet paper thing started and bam, 
that's that has been the go-to and, and like i was one of those people like i kind of followed along yeah hoarding right well so the stores here have clamped down and it's um limited to like two items of water and that was the other thing was water's getting bought up okay fine that's that's definitely necessity so i was like oh i better buy some water but then i thought like there are there are there was some water i could have bought but i'm like no you know at home we have this and we have this and we have filtered water out of the fridge so i could have bought it up i could have bought what was there but i'm like you know someone else needs this so i was able to stay in that place of compassion and still thinking about others and to, to remind myself no i do have this check i have this check and i have the uh the filtered water from the fridge you know like i knew what i still had and i was able to like pull back on that anxiety a bit I work at a hospital and we are now in supply. We are low in surprise already. I can feel staff and client, oh, heck yeah, client anxiety. It's so hard to co-regulate right now. How can we ground with legitimate shortages, right? For example, thermometer covers. Yeah, I mean, that's the reality of it is having less than, you know, and this, the easy answer is like, but we do still care about each other. You, the, the, co- the coworkers, the employees, you know, and I guess on some level, not like that, but I'm used to working in areas where there's less than um, as a therapist in nonprofit agencies. School district, we're doing okay because uh, they're taking mental health a lot more seriously. But nonprofit agencies, county agencies, like there's always kind of less than. Not like this, it's different. But even with having less than, it, it kind of in a way bonds us and like we still look out for each other. And like you just, you simply do the best you can, obviously, right? So how do you all co-regulate with each other? I don't know, but you, not you in particular, but one person in particular that hears this, like you have to stay in your safe and social state and you have to be, you can be the one to be, you know, grounded. Like, I don't know how to make everyone, but if you're hearing this, like you're well on your way to being that one person, I think that's, that's where you start, you know? The shelves are empty here in Canada, and the smaller stores are limiting, but the big box stores in my area have not. That's good. In my area, it hit pretty pretty, pretty on hard. Um, this whole week, it was kind of lingering, and then the whole county shut down all the schools for three weeks, and that's when things went like, whoa, like way into overdrive. And I think that was after the state of emergency had been um, announced, and then the school districts throughout California, I think it was like Los Angeles, San Diego, and then I worked for a pretty darn big one. And I think after that happened, the school district here shut it down. Like everything just got shut down for a few weeks. So I have no idea what. So that's like another level of anxiety for me is like, what am I going to do for a few weeks? I got my kids who now don't have to go to school, but I am a, I still technically have to work. So I'm, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to handle that if I have enough sick time if there's some sort of plan in place. So much of this is so unknown, you know, um, and I know that every single person in my school district is doing the best they can, so I'm kind of trusting in that. But there's a ton of unknowns that I don't think this has happened before that I know of, or like it's not while I've been working here. So there's a ton of unknowns, but um, I trust that my boss and the people above her that are like, they're doing the best they can and they're figuring out as they go. And that's like, what else can I ask for? Um, so I'm just sort of assuming the best of the situation, but it's definitely like, it's brand new. No one, no one knows what the heck they're doing. I have been able to, re- to regulate with self-compassion and checking on and helping my neighbors. That's awesome. Yeah. Like if that one person can step up, someone text, uh, someone sent me a DM today. Uh, I forget exactly what it was, but it, they were asked basically like 
asking for resources for other people, like for moms that couldn't get access to like diapers and stuff, but they were just like reaching out saying, Hey, do you know of fill in the blank? And I didn't, but that was such a cool idea to see people stepping up. And so co-regulation, emotional co-regulation is one thing, but um, before that is like basic needs being met and just reaching out and helping someone else. That's fantastic. And then co-regulation. And I know that's like, that's why it makes it difficult when it comes to a hospital setting where your basic needs, like actual basic needs of care are not being met. That's obviously the priority, right? If that was met, the co-regulation piece would probably be a lot easier. But like not having those basic needs met really sends the anxiety probably way up. The anxiety, what you know, the panic maybe even like way up. And then it's like, but then you have to somehow deal with the emotional piece of it, the connection piece of it, even though you can't provide for the client or the patient. It's a tall order. It's extremely difficult. But um, someone does have to be kind of in their safe and social state as much as possible, right? Or to be able to handle that level of anxiety, someone's got to be able to handle that and kind of connect with everybody else. It's a, it's a lot to put on someone, but you kind of have to be, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know what else. The reality of it, it is like, this is what we're set up with. This is what we have. What's the best we can do with this? And that's that's the mentality that we use in nonprofit and uh, government work and whatnot, basically. It's just like, what's the best we can do? But uh, those are my thoughts on the anxiety piece of it and how that turns into panic. If you can't actually run away from something, day to day it turns into um, anxiety. And if you have enough of that anxiety plus that shutdown and mobilization thing, that's what panic is. And I think that's kind of what a lot of people are going through. So now there's a couple of different paths that can take. The first one could be someone lives in a more anxious place or even a more panicky kind of place. And this thing triggers that like it's kind of there dormant, you know, more or less off and on. But certain things can trigger it and really kind of send it you know, into overdrive. So I think the two paths are either you're in your safe and social state, but get triggered very easily down into a flight or even a panic place. Or you kind of always exist in that flight kind of uh, panicky place. And that can easily be due to uh, being in a, a stuck state. You know, it really is kind of like a stuck state. And that could be from trauma. It could be um, from whatever. But like either you you go there very easily or you're kind of always there are, are a couple of paths I can, I can see to where this could easily turn into something that's a lot of anxiety and then now ruminating thoughts or um, a, lot of, a lot of panic. Those are some thoughts on polyvagal implications of the pandemic that we're seeing currently. It's a scary thing. And it's, it's like, how do you stay in your safe and social state? You know what I mean? And I don't know what the answer is for every single one of you. Um, I hope that you're able to do so. I hope you're able to get there. If you need to take a break from checking the news, like do so. If you know you're in that place of like anxiousness and panic, the answer is probably not in the news. I, I don't think. The, the, the solution for you, you know, instead of checking it every 30 minutes, can you check it every hour? I don't know. And in that hour, can you do something that's calming, grounding, something with movement, uh, something that feels right for you, drawing, something like creating, you know, can you, can you take the, the panic kind of energy down a little bit and then insert like something that is a little bit grounding for you and take a break from it? 
it's just kind of like it's it's not a, I'm not just saying like hey feel better it's like I know you're going through a lot I get that I'm not judging it whatsoever but can we take the dial down just like a notch and then up the dial on something that is like more grounding or or just feels good or better or has some sort of relief not drug use nothing like that not cutting nothing like that but uh I'm talking about like drawing writing creating running whatever whatever it is for you whatever your thing is like just if you can do that a little bit to sort of like keep you know bring that that panic energy down a little bit that might be a really good idea also don't forget to take your prescribed meds yeah smile oh yeah that's a good one and acknowledge each other and the store staff the store staff man they are um they're feeling it and most of them had a good humor about it and they were fine. One dude, he was he was the guy restocking the toilet paper and stuff. He was like about to have a meltdown. And when I, when I was pulling stuff down, he's like, whoa, whoa, only two, only two. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm sorry about that. And I put it back. And you could tell he was expecting me to get pissed. And, um, and I'm like, I, was, I wasn't, like I wasn't, I get it. And I was just grabbing like small, small, to- not huge toilet paper things, but small ones. And, and, uh, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Dude. I, I didn't, there was a sign I had missed it or something, but I'm like, yeah, my bad. Dude. No, no problem. So it wasn't an issue whatsoever. And you could tell he was about to cry. And he's like, man, people are so mad. And they're like, they're swearing. And I put these things up at midnight and they're gone right away. And, and he goes, and even like, either they're like pissed off that it's not here or they're accusing us of price gouging. And I'm like, and he was telling me that, Usually this is full and you can pick what you want. You can pick sales and whatnot, but all that's gone. So all you're left with is full price stuff that, you know, all the other sales stuff goes you know, right off the bat. But he was like defending himself when he didn't need to be. And I'm like, I get it, man. No, no, no problem. You know what I mean? But the store staff, like you really got to make sure you're, uh, be kind to them. People, I guess, are not super kind and they're, they're, they feel that, that, that affects them. So yeah, be, be nice to people. And the other, so the other thing I was noticing when it comes to the panic flavor, when you go to the store, people are more mobilized. Like they're looking around. I heard people like talking to themselves, like they're thinking out loud. They're definitely like, it feels different. That vibe, it feels different. Lots more movement, lots more lines, obviously. Crowding, even though you're supposed to keep six, seven feet away from each other. No one's doing that. But uh, everyone's like huddled up, grouped together, violating space, uh, reaching over each other talking just thinking out loud you can hear them like talking to themselves basically there's a lot it's, it's a lot of that like it feels you can feel that panic everywhere you go the social distancing increase shutdown is a little bit of shutdown okay yes if for p if reprieve needed oh yeah of course well at that point it's not shutdown though it's if you're feeling that energy and you decide to go take a break it's either you're distracting yourself and you just need to like tune out for a bit which is fine or you're taking a break and maybe going off somewhere quiet to like just be with yourself and let the energy kind of course through you that's different but neither of those is shutting down exactly we call it like oh i just need to shut down for the day but that's different when i say shut down in polyvagal terms i'm talking about this unconscious not passing out but unconscious like disconnection it could be a dissociation it's an unconscious like numbing. It's an unconscious unconscious collapse. Like you know what I mean? That's different than oh I've had a rough day. I need to go shut down for a couple minutes. That's a lot. It's not that's not what we're talking about. But that yeah that's totally okay. Whatever you if you, if 
Whenever you're doing a cope that's not harming yourself or anybody else, like I'm all for it. Just a little mindless dissociation to help get through it all. Yeah, it's just that like disconnection, just like watch TV or something. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like, yeah, that's that's what we're talking about. Yeah, so I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But the stuck energy, that flight fight energy that you're trying to escape from might not go anywhere. It might not actually solve the problem. Whereas exercising mindfully, creating art mindfully, these actually might help that anxiety stuff come out. And that's different person to person again. But that's uh, tuning out is a lot different than mindfully being with yourself and allowing those feelings to go through and do their job. The Hey, Yoga Tuna, uh, the Calm app seems to be help a lot of people. Yeah, w- hey, whatever works for you. I, I have at it. Yoga, yoga Tuna is here. Uh, if, if yoga works for you, have at it. Meditation, have at it. What, whatever it is that works for you. Keep yourself busy. Finish that project around the house. Sure. Take a short, uh, take a short online course. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Those are all great ideas. Now, if you're keeping yourself busy, again, is that your way of climbing your polyvagal ladder? Like that's your way of discharging some energy. Like you can do it mindfully, or you're keeping yourself busy just to distract yourself. Nothing wrong with that. But to me, that's are two different things. If you're just distracting yourself, that energy I think is just, just kind of waiting. But if you're mindfully, you know cleaning or hammering something out or whatever the heck you do. If you're mindfully feeling that experience and being in the moment, that's a much different experience. I think it's a lot more grounding than simply tuning out and like just, you know, distracting yourself. Gracias. De nada. Therapist said.com grounding techniques, plenty of ideas. Cool. Agreed. Going out in nature. That's a really, really good one. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. And even simple things like looking up at the sky. You don't have to be out in the woods to do that, but look up in the sky. Don't stare at the sun. Don't do that. But look up in the sky and like notice the clouds. Like I, I love that. I look, I love looking at clouds for me. Like that, that's for me. I find a lot of joy in that. There's just something about the shapes of it and the colors and shadows. I just, I love it. I also like to draw clouds a lot. But um, but that's that's for me that feels super grounding. I love it, and I've been making more of an attempt to do so more and more and more. But looking at clouds, um, a flower, plants, anything, I think is is totally fine. Feeling your feeling your feet on the ground, as long as you're mindfully attuning to the moment, to the moment that you're in, and what it's like to be in your skin in that moment. That's gonna help you ground yourself, right? So whatever that looks for, look like for you, for me, drawing, I love drawing, playing with my kids. That, that could be a very big one. Uh, tonight we were running around, screaming at each other, having a ton of fun and they wore me out. So stuff like that, you know, um, just to know, to know your thing, to know what brings you some level of connection and calm. Please take care of yourself, everybody. Wash your hands, you know, do, do all that obvious stuff. Oh, the question about, I'm sorry, one more. The question about social distancing on a medical level, Makes sense. I get it. But on a polyvagal level, yeah, like backing up from someone is that to me, that's a danger cue. That's um, if, if, if I see you and like back away, it could be a safety thing. Like giving me appropriate space to say that's a good thing, right? I, I personally appreciate the heck out of that. But keeping distance from people, um, I think it's a danger cue as well. My daughter at her school, they were telling people to, they were telling the kids to, to keep their distance and they were breaking them up into like groups. My daughter's like, why are they doing this? Like they want us to be miserable. <laughs> she flat out said like, they want us to be miserable. 
And we're like, no, honey, it's, you know, this, this, this. And she goes, yeah, but if it's there, it's there. Like, you're taking me away from my friends. She was like, this does not work for me. You know, and then my my son, four years old, um, him and his this little girlfriend of his, uh, they like to give each other hugs and kisses every time they leave. Every time he leaves, every time I pick him up, they give each other like lots of hugs and kisses and whatever. And the teacher's like, no, 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 no. Like she was like stopping it. And her voice of like urgency to them was like, whoa, like it was danger cue. It was like something that kicked on inside of them, like they were doing something wrong. And um, and I asked her like, is that a policy or something? And she goes, no, but with all this stuff going on now, I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. All right, I get it. And I told my son like, dude, it's okay to, right now there's all those germs going around that we've been talking about, but it's it's always okay to give hugs and kisses with someone who's, you know, feeling the same thing and, and your friends and you guys are doing the same thing. That's, to, that's all, That's a, of course that's okay. But those things like telling people to keep their distance from each other, especially the kids, like they don't get it. So there has to be a lot of the education going on, I think. But also normalizing that, yeah, we do want to connect with each other. We do want to hug each other. And like to normalize, it is okay to feel that way. But for now, we're kind of putting that on pause a little bit. You know, otherwise it's just like danger cues. But like, don't do this, don't do that. And I think the same, I think on some level, the same thing applies for adults. And I know when, when I first heard the idea of social distancing, on some level, I'm okay with it. But on another level, it doesn't feel safe. You know, it feels like that polybagel kind of like, oh, what, are these, are they infected? And of course, that's the reason why is that they might be, but you feel that, you know what I mean? Like you feel that sort of like that jolt of, I think, energy, that sympathetic charge of like that little zap. And then your brain goes to, well, they must be infected or they must be whatever, you know? So I, I think that stuff does affect us in a very real way. I don't think anyone's following it, but except for the kids at school and now they're all banned from going to school, they're all stuck at home. So that's a whole other level of, like, we're not supposed to go out. We're supposed to stay in, at home. We're supposed to stay at home all day. My daughter's like, what am I going to do for three weeks? She, she, on some level, she likes school, which I'll never get. But um, but for her, she's like, not panicking, but she's definitely like asked us a few times, like, what am I going to do for three weeks? What am I going to do for three weeks? I can't see my friends. I'm not doing any work, you know? And the answer, I don't know what the hell she's going to do for three weeks. I'm on the East Coast. It's almost 1 a.m. I hate having to lie with anxiety, waiting to fall asleep. Loved having this keep me company the last 45 minutes or so. You're, oh, wow. It's been a long <laughs> Speaking of grounding, thank you. You're welcome. Sleep. I should talk about sleep at some point and grounding. I do the live streams every Sunday night. It used to be Mercedes and I, but now it's just me. Every Sunday night at 9.15 Pacific time. Sorry. That's the earliest I can do with the family and whatnot. But every Sunday night, 9.15. If you liked this, there's also the member section on justinlmft.com. Five bucks a month. There's a lot more content that comes from these live streams. Uh, some are just me, some are Mercedes and I. But for five bucks a month, you can have a lot more, a lot more audio content. And I have the forum for members now as well. 